right, thanks for tuning in to Chronic Conversations once again. As always, we are brought to you by Snapdragon Hemp with two stores in Hickson and East Ridge, or you can go online at snapdragonhemp.com. Also visit them on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. As always, I'm Jerry Leonard, a.k.a. Jerry Anderson. This is my wife and co-host, Jennifer Leonard. Say hello. What's up? And our guest today is Bryant Smith, a comic, a writer, former pro wrestling manager, gravy boy. I could go on and on, but his ego's big enough already. Mr. Bryant Smith, a.k.a. Bobby Anderson. Thanks for being on the show, brother. Hey, thank you for having me. What if I just did the entire... I should have just do I should have just planned to do the entire interview as Bobby Anderson. Oh, right. <laughs> I brought the wig out. We'll have- uh, I can't do it if I'm not in costume. I can't be Bobby if I'm not wearing an ill-fitting suit. Right. Do we need to go to commercial already? <laughs> Thanks for oh, being on the show and first commercial. <laughs> so how's it going, man? What's new in your life? Man, it's uh, got a lot new in my life um, since the last time we talked because I haven't seen you in like forever. For those that <laughs> don't know, um, yeah, we have a connection through wrestling. Um, he also was a former manager called Bobby Anderson, which I understand you're yeah. wanting to bring back. We was just talking a little bit about him. Could you tell everybody else who that is yeah. so they know? Um, so Bobby Anderson, um, actually I haven't ever gotten to like have this story get recorded. So I'm going to share with you how Bobby Anderson came to be. Awesome. Um, this was like six years ago. I had just started doing stand up, and a bartender at uh, the local bar JJ's had reached out to me one night. He's like, Hey, we're putting on a wrestling show. You're real funny and you're a fucking Mark. Why don't you do the ringside commentary? And I was like, oh boy, howdy. Right. Oh boy, will I? <laughs> and uh, I, so this is going to make you laugh real hard. So I went <laughs> into it and I hadn't gotten the wig yet. I didn't uh-huh. have like the Afro wig, but I did have like the cheap ill-fitting suit. I had my hair in a ponytail. And I went out there. I was like, okay, I need a name. I'm going to do Bobby Anderson because it's uh, – Bobby Heenan, who is the greatest to ever pick up a microphone, right. and Art Anderson, who, in my opinion, is the greatest to ever step inside the ring, yeah. uh, the greatest technical wrestler of all time. Right. Agreed. Um, I get up there, and I was trying to do a Bobby Heenan impression the whole time. <laughs> that Well, let me tell you something, but I couldn't fucking get it. Uh-huh. So it kept dropping back into this weird oh, no. New Jersey, Long Island <laughs> guy, this weird character. And I, I just built on it. So I put on the sunglasses and the wig and started like building up that like he was an attorney and a producer and was just every producer trope I could think of. Right. Uh, just completely disconnected from reality. And uh, the first night... I just kept falling into that voice and I got really, really hammered. Uh-huh. So I started saying, you know, the guy that was with me, a uh, handsome Tony Harrison, uh, was like, Oh, you've been, you've been hitting the sauce there, Bobby. And I went, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uncle Bobby's had a, uncle Bobby's had a couple of drinks tonight. <laughs> and it, that like picked up and people were like chanting uncle Bobby by the second night. Oh, of the wow. show. It's like, ah, oh, shit. I'm in the business now. Ain't yeah. I? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's how Bobby Anderson came to be. He's just uh, I keep him, I keep the a costume of Bobby Anderson in my trunk at all times in case I need one. That's yeah, that's you know that's the wrestler's creed. You always keep your bag, even if you're going to a show you're not technically wrestling at and stuff. Yeah. Um, you also uh, managed a uh, future guest of mine, Mr. Uh, Jason Lee Roy Lewis. Um, oh man, 
uh, which his show's going really well. I've been on that a couple of times. Yeah, but yeah, it's I, really I love good. That guy. He taught me everything I know, and then some. He's awesome. I really love him. He's... So now you're on the other side of being Bobby, uh, the manager, and I said former, but before the show a little bit, we were talking about possibly bringing him back. Is that true? Um, yeah, for real. I've been thinking about it real hard. Um, so I retired Bobby at the end of last year okay. as part of like, I had been doing Bobby for a long time and I was doing it week in, week out, week in, week out. And that voice is hard on the throat. Right. And so, uh, I decided to retire him and then I had to pull Bobby out for something, just like a little thing. Oh, I had to pull it out a couple of times for Leroy show. Bump in the night. Like, Hey, I, I need Bobby for this gag to work. Right. And I said, okay, I'll try it. And I tried it a couple of times and I was like, man, I kind of miss doing this. And then, uh, I'm an ordained minister. So I went up and, uh, you know, Charles Stanley, yeah, uh, yeah. the world class group. Yeah. Uh, so I went up and, uh, I actually officiated a strong word. I signed the piece of paper for him, <laughs> but I officiated him and his wife's wedding, okay. uh, earlier this year. And I was talking to him about, about it. it was like, yeah, Bobby was so much fun. You should bring him back. I was like, yeah, you're probably right. And then, uh, like Talon Worley, I've spoken with a couple of times and a couple of other folks. He, by the way, says like, hello, Talon Worley. Oh, I saw that comment and sub Talon, holler <laughs> at me. I'll manage you. But, <laughs> Bobby's but, coming uh, back. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot. And it's like, man, wrestling is so much fun being on that side of, the guardrail is so much fun and I miss that a yeah. lot. And I think part of it's also the quarantine because I haven't been able to do stand up. I haven't been able yeah, to Yeah, that's one thing I was going to ask. Uh, yeah, and it's killing me. So um, I've been thinking about it and I've been watching a lot of wrestling. So I've been thinking about, you know what? I can, I can get back into that. Mostly it's because I watch WWE and I, I know for a fact I can book it better than that. I'm a fucking green as douche shit nerd yeah well, that's uh, some of sometimes somebody like that your program can make really the best bookers because they're coming yeah. from a fan's perspective instead of like a lot of promoters do you know they're trying to pop the boys in the back just like some of the wrestlers are yeah. instead of pop the crowd and that's to me one of the problems of wrestling today more than any style or anything is just really the attitudes and perspectives yeah. how they've changed yeah, and and I, I have personally been a part of a lot of angles and stuff where it was more about popping the boys than popping the crowd. And it's like, man, half the crowd didn't pay because they're friends with the boys. Right. Like, fucking pop the people that paid that to pay. see you. Yes, that's what I always yeah. said. To me, the crowd is the, the forgotten part of the show. They are literally yeah. the most important part of the show, as we've seen with wrestling since COVID. Yeah, absolutely. And... I do feel like WWE's handling it very well, like the Thunderdome thing and having the Thunderdome there and piping in the crowd noise. I think that sort of it's it's kind of like drinking new Coke. Yeah. Like it's not the same, but it's close. But it's close enough. And it's so better than nothing. Like they're doing that really, really well. Do you watch anybody but, else uh, or just WWE? Um, I'm watching WWE. I'm watching AEW. Um, I'm still very prone to get pretty high and watch Kaiju Big Battle. Or uh, I actually got to uh, last year go up to a GCW show in Nashville, and that was really cool. Um, GCW gets dumped on for being a mud show a lot. Like, make no mistake, a lot of parts of it are a fucking mud show. Right. But uh, 
there's a lot of it that's really good. Like guys like Joey Janela and yeah. uh, uh, Orange Cassidy, who is the most over person on the planet right now. I really enjoy him. He's he's so different than the the normal. Like, first of all, I think a wrestling show should have everything in it. High flyers, you know, people complain yeah. because the show's not exactly all their kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not like that, but it, it's surprising for me. I, I just normally gravitate towards the Kurt Angles, the Chris Benoit's, the Daniel Bryan's. But some of this new crop, this uh, uh, um, him and um, Darby. Darby like, Allen is incredible. I When he won the belt at uh, Full Gear, I... I had tears in my eyes. Like yeah. I was, that match was so, and it mattered. You could see the part, you could see the parts that Cody had booked, and you could see the parts that Darby had booked, and like it told this. The entire match told this amazing story, and I started the match looking at my roommate and saying, "Man, they're gonna kill my little goth son tonight," and I'm so mad about it. Is he's gonna get fucking buried? That's what that's I thought what Cody too. Rhodes does is he fucking buries people and he causes it a fucking push. But anyway, <laughs> I was like, they're going to kill my godson. And by the end of it, I was like, holy shit, Darby Allen's going to win this. Holy shit. Right. Yeah. And just. Mwah. Yeah. So I was, good. So, so good. I was so shocked and, and so happy. Like, I don't mark for much anymore. You know, w- once you've been watching it, just as a fan, as long as I have, you've seen just yeah. about everything. But there's still sometimes there's still some special moments and still those, those little things that just remind you why you still love it. And, and. What keeps the itch going, as you know now? Yeah, yeah. AEW's that's you know getting back to getting back in the ring. AEW is part of the reason why I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Is because uh, I'm I'm going to go on a yet another wrestling tangent. So one of the things uh, that really bugs me about modern TV wrestling, uh, WWE is extremely guilty about it. Um, NXT, you know, is also pretty guilty about it. Yeah. Uh, AEW is pretty guilty about it. And it's this problem where you have these guys that, and, excuse me, and, uh, these guys, and in some cases, these gals, um, that have the look, they have the build, they have the skill set, they can get in there and they can, you know, make it look like they are legit fucking someone up. They're literally getting in there and legit yeah. fucking people up. Not like an unsafe Nia Jax way, but an right. actual wrestling way. Stiff but and safe. And they can do everything but talk. And uh, Roman Reigns is my favorite example of this. And I don't know, he's getting over the hump a little bit, but he still yeah. fucking sucks on the mic. He's always sucked on the mic. And guys like that need managers. Yes. And like they're playing opposite day with him now is Paul Heyman's managing him and Paul Heyman doesn't talk. Roman does all the, my name Roman. Yeah. I'm beat you up. <laughs> Bullshit that he does every week. And what these people need are legit mouthpieces. We need to bring mm-hmm. back wrestling managers in like pop wrestling and, yes. you know, TV wrestling. And, you know, cause that's one of the things that, you know, made, the Iron Sheik, the Iron Sheik. Yeah. That's, you know, uh, 100%. If he hadn't had managers, if he hadn't had Bobby Heenan's, uh-huh. uh, if he hadn't had Bobby Heenan's, Andre the Giant wouldn't have been Andre the Giant. He would have just been another tall guy. Yeah, yeah. 
it, and like I think a perfect example of that is the dropping of the ball with the great colleague, but that I could do an hour podcast on myself. <laughs> but uh, Lord, you know, if you gave these people managers, mm-hmm. if you gave these people mouthpieces, Roman Reigns would be over. Guys yeah. like, uh, honestly, I feel like Darby Allen is a good example of that because like you don't hear him talk a lot when he does cut a promo he sucks at it Mm -hmm. but he does these really cool vignettes which kind of makes up for it but uh yeah guys like uh i'm trying to think of someone else that's real uh nyla rose is a good example of that uh she any woman on the aew roster really except for Britt baker maybe any woman on the aew roster except for maybe Britt Britt Baker. baker Big Swole can Big Swole can cut a promo. Yeah, yeah. Big Swole can cut a promo. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's why I'm like really hoping because uh, Zelina Vega got released recently. I'm hoping that after the non compete is over, she goes to AEW just so there's someone with some personality. Right. In yeah. That roster. But yeah. Uh, so I, I guess that uh, seals it. I am coming back. I'm going to find a wrestler, and Bobby Anderson's going to manage them. And, yes, uh, you heard it here first, be, ladies and gentlemen, right here on Chronic Conversations. Yeah, right here. Uh, it's just, I love wrestling so much, and uh, I've gotten to reacquaint myself with my love of wrestling during the quarantine, because I right. don't have much else to do, so it's just like, yeah. I want to watch this old Eddie Guerrero match yes. where he wrestles Dean Malenko for a half an hour, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh. But yeah, man, uh, it's been, uh, quarantine's been weird. How's quarantine been for you? It, yeah, it, it's definitely been weird. Um, especially the, the subtle starts and restarts to the point where I just kind of was over it. Um, I'm pretty much, I think, at the end of my career. Uh, picked up to something yeah. a little safer to, to do, uh, such as podcasting. Yeah. I, I try stand-up uh, yeah. comedy, but that shit's pretty dangerous, too, and scares me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> speaking yeah, of uh, the, the stand-up, how, how does that play in? Does that play in a lot into being a manager? And, and how do you feel about comedy overall in wrestling? Where What, what is its place there? Because some people, you know, are opposed, some people for. Um, so being a stand-up comedian is if you want to be a wrestling manager, or if you, if you want to be a wrestling manager or even a wrestler, mm-hmm. you should try stand-up. Right. And if you want to be a stand-up comedian, you should watch wrestling. Because it's a lot of the same stuff of reading the room, reading the crowd. I never thought of it um, that way. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, being able to take that you know, quick temperature and like, this isn't working. Let me try this. This is making them good mad. This is making them bad mad. Yeah. You know? um, this is good heat. This is and, bad heat. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's... It baffles me that more of my friends that are in stand-up aren't into wrestling. I'm learning more of them are mm-hmm. uh, than I thought. Like the people I know that are like that next tier above me that are like starting to get auditions and shit, right, right. are uh, all into wrestling. And then I'm down here, and I'm the only one into wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just so important to understanding a crowd like crowd psychology a bunch of people yeah. yeah and uh as for comedy in wrestling i think i think comedy in wrestling is really important 
I think it is. It should be mid card. You don't want to have a comedy thing closing out your show. You right. want something serious that's going to make emotional come back next week and spend more money. Right. And uh, that's one of the mistakes that uh, the first promotion I was like a thing with uh, ASW mm-hmm. in uh, Southern Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. God, uh, I have. I don't know that I want to tell this story. <laughs> On this show, I may. That's most wrestling stories, got, right? I've, I've got a, I've got a Keith Hart story that's real good. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, bless that man, right? That old fucking carny. Keith, yes. if you're listening to this, I love real deal. Old fucking carny, <laughs> real deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I lost my train of thought. Shit, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> but, or do more. Maybe oh, you haven't done enough yet. So important. Um, one of the failings of ASW for a while while I was there is uh, I was the only person who could mic really, really well. Yeah. And so I was the main event every week for like a year. Yeah. And I, it's Bobby Anderson. Like Bobby Anderson isn't a main event. Right, right. Bobby Anderson isn't a main event. Bobby Anderson is a sideshow he is you know this character that's funny and should be in the middle of the show and yeah. that's what that's where comedy should be is mm-hmm. in the middle of your show because that's what that's what's going to get the people to come back in from when they go to get their hot dog and cola yeah. during a sleeper match or whatever um during the match the real hardcore people are saying is like oh, look at that look at this, the technique on that boston crab uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh the real real marks but uh yeah like comedy and wrestling is so important because if you just make everything serious 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 the whole night it's you get your audience gets tired but if you get them laughing they're getting energized they're you know uh pumped up that's why comedy shows are usually earlier in the evening you don't have comedy shows going on at 11 right but you have bands going on at 11 yeah because you get everyone like all amped up they're laughing they're having a good time and then you know uh poss- some possum core punk band is coming on after. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh yeah, that's. I definitely feel like comedy is extremely important in, you know, wrestling and everything. Yeah, <laughs> and I agree. I, you know, even in my own characters, a lot of my characters were heels or bad guys, and mm-hmm. and I was pretty dark and demented with it. And it was a twenty four seven thing with me. It wasn't just, you know, at the shows. But I felt like even in the best horror movie, there's some kind of comic relief. So, like yeah. you said, in in the beginning of my angles. There, there was comedy while I was letting them get to know the story that was about to unfold between either me or my tag team and this other tag team. I always thought that was a really good place. And then, you know, by the time you're at the end and you're finishing up with a gimming match, like a cage match or, you know, whatever kind of match, then it's, it's, it's serious stuff. And it's weird to me. Even I've even heard Jim Cornette say bad things about comedy and wrestling, but I'm like, you know, some of my favorite spots with Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express were some of the comedy spots. Yeah, those stood out. Exactly. That's what I still like, remember. Yeah, that's one of the things about Jim Cornette that drives me fucking insane is that he is he lacks so much self awareness. Yes, he he fucking berates people for being carnies from atop his fucking dunk tank. Yeah. 
the fucking clown. I, I, I am almost proud of this, and I'm not sure what I did, but I <laughs> definitely got I definitely got blocked by Jim Cornette on Twitter. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> Jim Cornette blocked me on Twitter. I think it's because I got because I got <laughs> this real bad habit of I would just get really, really drunk and then slide up and like wrestlers' DMs. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> on Twitter, and, for the most part, it was really nice. Like you know, this is aged poorly, but I got really drunk and messaged Joey Ryan uh-huh. uh, at one point, uh, the dick guy. <laughs> yeah. Who, bless him. Uh, got he got me too. Ooh, he's not taking it well. <laughs> but uh, uh, I messaged him. I was like, man, you're so awesome. Fucking, and it was comedy and wrestling is so important. And like, your shit is really funny. And uh-huh. anytime you come across my timeline, it's funny. And I appreciate your gimmick and all that shit. And he like messed me back. He's like, man, I've been in a dark place. I really needed that. And I was like, oh, I... Oh, made, wow. I, I sent some fan mail and made Joey Ryan's day. Now I find out Joey Ryan, you know, may or may not be a rapist. And it's like, <laughs> talk about weird things since quarantine. Yeah. Oh, man. I blessed him. And it sucks, too, because I'd like planned on making a pilgrimage out to watch bar wrestling in L.A. And now I can't. But I can still go see Kaiju Big Battle in L.A. So that is true. There is that. You were also saying um, before the show, I wanted you to definitely mention. Um, I, I, I told you, said you were a writer and stuff, and and you got a new gig going on there. Did you want to? I do. Um, so I think this is the first. Like you are actually getting a breaking. I think. Um, awesome. I just uh, <laughs> they haven't told us not to talk about it, so right. I'm going to. Um, uh, oregano dot com or oregano magazine. It's a weed satire page, and uh, I recently got picked up as a freelance writer for him. Uh, my first article nice. is going to be dropping around December first. December first. Um, so uh, do check it out. It's going to be. Uh, Weed startups, or I'm sorry, uh, cannabis startup run by 23-year-old cocaine addict. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just me taking the piss out of, like, the weed bro culture and, like, startup culture in, you know, Denver and uh, California and all that. Which, uh, but I get to see, like, all the pitches, and I'm not going to share that on here because right. I'm not That's... the one that wrote them. So <laughs> yeah. uh, if I'm People are going to laugh about them. They're going to have to go find the fucking articles. Go find them and check them out. I know I will be for yeah. sure. Yeah, and uh, you'll be able to find all, all of it on my Instagram and Twitter. So keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I got the position. I got it because I was, uh, I've been in the pitch pool for the hard times mm-hmm. for a while. Uh, the punk rock satire page. Uh, I've been to the pitch pool for them for a long time, and uh, which I got that job because I was in the pitch pool for Gut Check Magazine, and I was their uh, resident wrestling satire guy. Oh, uh, I wrote like nine articles for him or something like that. Yeah. Uh, my favorite of which was uh, WWE producing John Cena clones to fulfill appearance. <laughs> That or uh, Terry Funk and Horse that kicked him reconcile at signing event. <laughs> Have you ever seen that video of uh, Terry? 
Terry Funk getting kicked by a horse? No, but I'm going to have to now. Just I'll, I'll send it to you. Yes, please do. But just yeah, just the top. Just thinking about that sounds. It sounds so wrestling. It sounds so Terry Funk. It sounds you know. Yeah. No, so it was a uh, it was like a hardcore match when WCW had their hardcore belt. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, that nightmare. Terry Funk had it, and the last thing the fucking world you want is to give Terry Funk a no holds barred twenty four seven title. Right. You can't top his insanity. No. And so uh, it was him and Chris Candida in. Uh, it was like a hardcore match, and it spilled into they like started wrestling in a horse trailer, and then they brought the rain up on the horse trailer, and the truck takes off, and they're like, "Well, you know, I think Jim Ross was still calling for it. Maybe it was Shivani. Was like, we'll catch up with them later. Cut back to the action." <laughs> Then later in the night, they show this fucking pre-taped thing where they are. Uh, it's like a different time of day from when this match started. Uh, it's like earlier in the day than when the match started. And this, tra- this trailer pulls up to a fucking horse barn. They spill out of the horse trailer, just wailing on each other. They wind up in one of the stables, and uh, Terry, I think. Pile drove uh, Candido into the stable. There's a horse in the stable. Oh my gosh! Drives Terry while he's in the stable. Spooks the horse. The horse <laughs> kicks him in the arm, and Terry Funk comes up like he's about to beat the shit out of this horse. Oh my god! And, like, straight up, Terry like Candido like locked him up. He was like, "Hey, chill, man, chill." <laughs> Terry Funk was straight up about to fist fight a horse. Uh, and uh, yeah, that does not surprise me at all when it comes to him. I, I can't so just like Keith Hart, you know, the, the stories that people must have about Terry Funk and, and Oh yeah. I just can't even imagine oh, yeah. different times. So they, they had to be that much more amazing. Yeah. They had to be that much more amazing and they had to be that much more clever. Yeah. You know, like when you're on the road, then like, you know, it wasn't just about you. Like now, all the merch and all the gimmicks is like, oh, I gotta sell the best T-shirt. Back then, yeah. it was like, I gotta sell the best T-shirt and the ticket to next week's show. Yeah. And if you weren't a baby face, you didn't sell T-shirts back no. then. And like, uh, that's one thing I like about MJF, uh, who is so legit. Oh yeah. Uh, is that like he puts out like one thing of merch a month, and it never sells, and he does not care. No. And like he openly doesn't care. And like he's he is the definition of a heel. He's so perfect. He he and, truly uh, is. Yeah, and fuck you, fuck you, Jim Cornette. Looking at you, that fucking song and dance number was awesome. Yes, that that's the thing about AEW to me is, regardless of your opinions of the wrestling or anything else, it, it's hard to argue with the fact that it's really fucking entertaining. Yeah, which is the point I thought. Yeah, that's the point, is to entertain people. And, you know, it's it's the same with comedy or writing or wrestling or, uh, you know, movies, all of it. It's about being entertained, yeah. you know, and it's about making your audience feel something. Yes. You know, and if that feeling is laughter, good. If that feeling is sad, it's good. If that anger. feeling is anger, great. Um, Just not boredom. But <laughs> as long as it's not boredom, as as long as they're not checking their phone while you're doing your setup. Yeah. And uh, 
and man, it's just lousy with that sometimes. And so, I don't know, that AEW's done that so well, and they're not afraid to try stuff. There are some things I'm a little skeptical of. Yeah. Um, I have my criticisms of AEW. I don't yes. feel like they're doing uh, the belt, any of the belts in and the justice. company justice right, right now, except for, I feel like the tag belts mattered for a second there. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, the, because the FDR boys had it, not a mark for them because they're the brain busters. But what'd you think about the timing? Like a lot of people are complaining about the timing, and but I kind of thought it was perfect. Like I thought it was time. Like they needed yeah. to get the belts regardless of what's going on backstage. Like, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's time. Just like, um, it's, about to be time for uh, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is going to pick up the belt soon. Yeah. Uh, probably before the end of the year, I think. And then it's going to be, and he's going to turn heel while he's doing it. Right. Uh, good, because heel Kenny Omega is best Kenny Omega. Yes. And he's, it's going to be the John Moxley chase. And we're going to, which also means we get to see a lot more of John Moxley. Yeah. Uh, I hope anyway, or he's going to go home and put a baby in his hot wife, which if he wants to do that, by <laughs> anyway, all means, bro. Right. <laughs> do you <laughs> or do means, her bro. or do both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think we're going to have an Omega championship. Uh, if not by the end of the year, by the next pay-per-view, I think we're going to have, uh, I think we're going to have a long heel run with, uh, the bucks, which is good. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, uh, I'm just going to call them the mechanics because that's what their first name was in NXT, uh, the FTR. They uh, they need to take a little bit of time off, I think. Uh, yeah, they, like old if school. If they don't, they're going to wear their shine off real fast, and they've yeah. got a lot of shine. Yeah. Uh, they need to do something where one of them gets shelved for a month. Uh, I think they're doing something like that with uh, Lucha Bros, which is good. And let some other tag teams come up and try being tag teams, try right. and make the rockers again. Well, we're going to uh, take a short little break here while you take a sip, and I'm going to get another one ready, and then we're going to come back and get back into all this. Man, I appreciate you. Always, Booby. Coughing, so I like, let it out. They're like, all right, let's go. <laughs> God damn it. And we're back. For real, for real, not for fake, for real. We've both had a... a you know, a little something, that something. That, so you was just talking about a story a minute ago. You remember what that was? Oh, um, fuck it. I'll go ahead and tell it. I'll, we're, on, we're on the back half. I'm going to go ahead and tell this Keith Hart story. Uh, yes. So um, local guys may know of the carny legend Keith Hart. So I worked for Keith for like a year. Um, and literally what happened was, uh, Leroy had talked me into managing it. It was like, uh, cause Bobby Anderson was just for the sideshow at the time. Right. Um, and he was like, you should come up and manage me at this show in Cleveland, uh, manage me and my tag team. I was like, all right, let's do it. Why not? Uh, I've always wanted to do it. We get up there and, uh, I went up to watch a show, catch up with him. And he was like, Hey, come back and meet Keith. Come back and meet Keith. And he was like, all right, uh, show me what you got. I was like, uh, I'm the greatest mind in the wrestling business, in the sports business, in the entertainment business. Hell, in any business. I'm like that one guy, Dwayne. I think that's his name. Nice kid. A lot of potential. And Keith <laughs> went, that's all I need to hear. Yeah, come back next week. <laughs> and, and Bobby Anderson became a manager. So I do his show for a year. 
and it's awesome and a lot of fun. An old man swung his cane at me. Uh, <laughs> That's it was awesome. A great time. It was a great year. ASW goes under. <laughs> And like I had also like I had just sort of backed out of it. ASW goes under, and uh, someone else is getting it. But like it's going to be all the same people, but someone else is funding it. Yeah. They're calling it something different. And I was like, I don't want to come back. In the between for that, <laughs> I had a phone call one night, and I had like just lost my job. Uh-huh. And I was like looking for another job, and I'm in like a bad way, and. Uh, that morning I had gotten like, you know, an offer from a job. So I was like, you know, feeling better uh-huh. middle of the night. My phone rings. I'm like sitting on my back porch stoned out of my mind. Middle of the night phone rings. It's Keith fucking heart. I went, oh, wow. Hey Keith. Hey Keith. What's up, man? I said, Hey Bobby. Hey brother. How you doing? Never learned my real name. By the way, he does not know my real name is Brian. He's always called me Bobby. <laughs> Hey, Bobby, how you doing? I was like, hey, boss, what's good? Uh, what you calling me about? He was like, hey, I got it. You still looking for a job? I was like, uh, I took an offer today, but like, if you've got something that'll work, let me know. And this was morbid curiosity. I wasn't going to go like right. try and make a living with Keith's fucking heart. <laughs> um, he was like, so I'm trying to open this casino in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh, wow. I was like, okay. You had my attention. Now you have my interest. Yeah. Like, tell me, tell me more, Keith. I was like, I was like, actually, what I said was, uh, that's a crime, Keith. And he went, (laughs) no, it's not a crime. The way we're doing it, it's going to be perfectly legal. You need someone to be kind of a front of house person. I think you could be it. You got the personality, Bobby. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And And then I was like, uh, I don't think this is the right fit for me. It was like, hey, listen, I know you make people mad when you talk. We got Josh Frost working security. Come on up. <laughs> and then I politely declined and said, I, I got to go make dinner. It's like 11 o'clock. And I was like, I got to go make dinner. So you didn't want to get into the casino business? Is that what you're saying? Oh, no. In Cleveland? Uh, part of me wishes I had taken him up on the offer. Part of me really does. But the rest of me really likes not having a criminal record. Was that Cleveland, Nevada? Or... Yeah, it's yeah. Cleveland, Nevada. Yeah. Cleveland, Nevada. That's where all of these stories take place that involve Keith Lee. <laughs> really Keith Hart. Yeah. They, they all take place in Cleveland, Nevada. Uh, it's uh, the one place where neither the feds nor God can see. Yeah, yeah they, they just turn a blind eye. It's like, oh, it's just Keith. It's just Keith. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Keith has, like, this weird fucking... I cannot believe he has not gone to jail more times. Yeah, he, he's... Maybe because he was for a cop a little while. Maybe he just learned all the nice little tricks to keep him from going. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, he's... He's something else. God bless him. One of my favorite people ever in wrestling. I I, I gotta admit, he yeah. he was he's yeah. very. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. He wrestled Charles Stanley because he was the only person who could keep up. Charles Stanley. Like Charles Charles Stanley outgrew that show so fast. That yeah. kid is so fucking talented. I saw him the first time down there for sure. Uh, yeah. and, and I was impressed the first time because uh, there was realism to it, and there's not a lot of magic or realism 
no. anymore everything because the, the moves are so high risk that you can't really lay into somebody or you're going yeah. to possibly hurt them or your, yourself. Um, another thing you like the boys like to do on the road is eat, but it's mostly Waffle House. How do you like the segue? Um, it's, it's, it's my very, segue. it's my very, very first one. So, so there we go. Uh, uh, you are also a gravy boy. What is a gravy boy? Could you tell us about yeah, that? Um, uh, gravy boy likes food and, uh, likes decadent food and likes posting about it on the internet. Um, so, uh, gravy boy is gravy boys. Uh, it's myself and the lovely Charles newbie, which, uh, right now we're being extra quarantine for the holidays. Cause, uh, we have, they're trying to see their people and, uh, my roommate's trying to see his people. Right. So, uh, we can't really shoot right now, but it's me and Charles newbie. Uh, it literally started with, uh, we were baked at his house, hanging out one night and he had, uh, and we were munched as fuck. And he said, I've got a pound of deer sausage in the fridge that needs to get cooked. Y'all want to eat that? And it was, uh, me and him and his roommate, Sam, and we, me and Sam both went, uh, huh. <laughs> and so he, uh, we ratcheted it off and he was like trying to do like this big fancy thing with it. I was like, no, 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 no. We're going to do salt and pepper on the deer sausage and light on both. Right. We just lightly salted and peppered them, seared both sides. And when that fat rendered out, we had this, all this like deer fat. So I took a little bit of flour and a little bit of beer and a little bit of milk and I made this like uh, and a lot of black pepper and a little bit of salt made this uh, deer sawmill gravy. And uh, we started joking around about being gravy boys. And I was like, you know what we got to do? We got to do a TV show. And our 14th one just aired on Friday. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. Was that the tomato soup? TV. Was that the tomato soup and sandwich? Yes. Which, I, I don't uh, even like tomato soup, recipe, and it looked amazing. That recipe was so good. I literally made it a week later at my house. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> holy Because, like, most of our recipes come together that morning. Yeah. It's like, we sit down, and it's like, what do we need to make? And he says, I want to make fish and chips. And I was like, okay, this is the recipe for fish and chips I have in my head. What's the one you have you your head let's mash them together and then uh make that food and try and make each other laugh while we're filming it and that's the entirety of the show (laughs) hey that's Um, i mean the simplest concepts are the best ones though right yeah yeah and uh Every time we try to one up it, uh, we've definitely gotten into uh, fire and explosions. Um, we, uh, if there's one episode you watch of Gravy Boys out there listening, Gravy Boys TV on YouTube, there's one episode you watch. Watch the Chicken Alfredo because we uh, we dunk on Julia Child a little bit. <laughs> we blow up a chicken. Oh wow. We throw a chicken at a tree. We hit a chicken with a car. We smash a chicken with a sledgehammer. <laughs> um, right. So the entire gag is uh, for tenderizing the meat. Um, Charles tears his shirt off and yells, beat your meat. <laughs> and then we boil like nine chickens. 
And uh, I felt like you should have choked uh, at least one of them. Um, they weren't the kind that had like heads. Oh, They're, okay. It was like fair enough. Chickens we got from Food Lion. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> we're out there like uh, I discovered on our Halloween episode that my camera, my camera is my phone. I filmed all of it on my cell phone, and uh, I discovered it has a slow mo function. So I oh, wow. slow mo like golfed a pumpkin with a sledgehammer. Uh, which is hard to do, by the way. Those things are heavy. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? But yeah, uh, that's you know what it is, and you know I it's never going to pick up. But uh, if you know you cook good food and you put it on Instagram, hashtag I'm a gravy boy because we're all gravy boys in our hearts when we're yeah. trying to get fat together. Um, I just, you know, it's really just two dudes that like getting high and like eating, getting high and eating and like cooking together. Right, right. And it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun doing that show. You gotta come on sometime. Oh yeah, I'd love to because I too love food. Um, because I have, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The wife agrees. She loves food I as love well. Cooking. Yeah. So what does that song give her inches and feed her well? And really <laughs> works for a successful marriage. What do you think? It's worked pretty good for you. It's been great. It's been great. So let's see, there you go. Well, the food has. Yeah, the food has. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) Man, let me just say it's been fucking great catching up with you, brother. Uh, Man, it has been really fucking fun, man. It's uh, We got to hang out more often for sure. Yeah, we really do. We'll, we'll definitely have to do some more of these, too. Say again? So we're definitely going to have to do some more of these, too. This has been a fucking oh, yeah, blast. Because sure. um, I have a lot to say. Yes. Uh, but no, I definitely have a lot to say about a lot of stuff. Uh, and my roommate does a political podcast, and so I get to hear that, and he and I just, like, scream about politics all the time. Right. Trust me. Have me on your show a lot. Oh, I will. Uh, You'll definitely be a regular. Yeah. So uh, that sounds like a wrap up. So should I plug all of the shit I'm doing right yes, now? Yes, plug everything, brother. We we still okay. got time. Oh shit. Um. So uh, also AEW is about to start. So I want to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I'm a fucking mark. And all right, this is one thing. If you're gonna fucking leave this podcast with anything. As you know, this is going to all the boys out there. This is going to all the fans out there. This is going to everyone. If you love wrestling, if you pay a cent for wrestling even once, you're a fucking mark. We're all fucking marks, and the biggest marks are. The, and it kills me when the boys like talk shit about marks because, yeah. like, a they're paying your salary, and b like you're a fucking mark. You're the biggest mark. You yeah. got. You're such a mark. You decided to go through a fucking table, you fucking mark. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, we're all marks. And uh, on preach. to my plugs. <laughs> I, I said preach. I'm dude, with you, brother. Uh, I agree uh, dude, 100% on that. Uh, it's it's one of the reasons why uh, uh, I lost a lot of respect for Jim Cornette in the last few years. Because like, I really got into him being like, you know, Oh, Vince Russo, fuck that guy. I'll fucking fuck him in the ass. Fuck him. Fucking yeah. fuck. Uh, fuck Cornette. 
but uh, you know, like that was really endearing. Was just like he was this skinny, skinny faced, fucking old looking, haggard, road weary piece of shit ranting and raving about this Yankee that fucking killed wrestling. Yeah. And now it's like he's looking for that next Yankee that killed wrestling. It's like, no, 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 no. You were right once. You were right one time. Vince Russo almost killed wrestling. He's, I feel like he's the one that's been trying to kind of put the fucking nail in the coffin. If anybody Uh has like he, he, like he he can't stand that it maybe it's going on without him or I, I don't I don't know yeah. you know I couldn't even I wouldn't want to conjecture yeah. but yeah fucking I don't know Vince Vince Russo and Jim Cornette can both fall off a cliff for all I care <laughs> fucking most of those like old heads like from that generation like those old fucking road dogs fucking they have some bass backwards ideas about everything yeah. So more young promoters, if you're out there and you are rich, fucking email me, follow me on Instagram at Mickey Louse Club. DM me. If you have a lot of money and you love wrestling, I will put a show together for you that you will love. Just give me lots and lots and lots of money to do it. Right. And that the crowd will love. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's what AEW did. They just, like, uh, the Elite and Cody and all of them, uh, Jericho and JR, all went to Tony Khan and were like, hey, you have a lot of money, right? Hey, 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 you're fucking Mark, right? Hey, hey we're Marks too. Come on, come that's, on. Hey, hey. that's how and, a lot of shows start, definitely. I mean, yeah. legit. Yeah, and that's how you get the money in the show, honestly, is you go find a rich Mark. And you go find someone who's rich and loves wrestling and fucking you indulge them. And if you're really lucky, they love wrestling enough to not want any creative control, which Tony Khan doesn't seem to want a lot of creative control. He wants like the kind of wrestling he wants to watch on TV. And luckily, Tony Khan has excellent taste in wrestling. (laughs) Yes. And uh, yeah, it's... uh, if you've got a lot of money, please come find me. I will make a wrestling show happen for you. Uh, anyhow, but I would like to see a uh, wrestling show you ran for sure. Oh yeah, I, it would be amazing. It would be perfect in every single way. But uh, or it wouldn't, and I would be a raging tyrant. But <laughs> uh, no, I that's one I would just like have it be a booked thing and have like five people in the back that I trust, being like, okay, what's the angles we doing this week? All right, and like have a fucking like if you're a booker, you should have meetings about your booking before the night of. Wait, what? Yeah. Next, you're gonna say you should like plan um, storylines ahead of time and stuff. I know it's weird. Like even Uh, out there. Yeah. Next, you want them to be cohesive as well. Is that what you want? Is that really what you want? Yeah. Yeah. Logic. I'm a fucking wrestling diva. I demand. I demand. My wrestling has nothing but the most coherent stories. And if they don't, I'm going (laughs) to tell my daddy. (laughs) Mr. Vince McMahon, we have a Bryant Smith Karen here to see you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I have tweeted at Vince McMahon so many times, just threatening, like, I'm going to fucking mail myself to (laughs) Titan Towers and I'm going to take a shit on your desk, Vince. 
fucking I get drunk and hate male Vince McMahon a lot. I I feel like that's just this podcast in itself or a YouTube show. Just Brian gets oh, drunks yeah. and fucking DMs people yeah. and rants. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, if, if you haven't tried it, you should just get on Twitter, make a throwaway Twitter. It doesn't even have to be a good one. Just make a Twitter and just send hate mail to uh, celebrities. And eventually <laughs> you'll start to see yourself getting blocked by celebrities. And it's really fun to say, J have the screenshot of at JLo blocked you. <laughs> yeah, I finally got she on her damn nerve. Yeah, but now I kind of want to get blocked by JLo. Well, I mean, she has Jenny on the block, so. Yeah. Damn, damn I didn't even get any courtesy laughter back there. That's horrible. Damn. That's why I have you here, babe. I don't know if you're not going to laugh at my jokes. I don't really know if we can. That was horrible. Yeah, it was so horrible. She's just like, I can't encourage this bullshit. <laughs> Love you, babe. Love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> also, you two are so fucking cute on social media. It's adorable. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> you guys are fucking adorable. All right, so we've got like 15 minutes to AEW. So All right, I'm, man, I'm what, taking the reins on this. I'm going to close this out. Go ahead and close this out how you want to, brother. All right, man. So uh, my name is Brian Smith. Follow me on Instagram at Mickey Louse Club. Follow me on Twitter at The Only Brian. And then block me on Twitter at The Only Brian. <laughs> and go to YouTube and follow Gravy Boys TV. When we get to 1,000 followers, 1,000 followers, we're building a hamburger cannon. We are building yes. a cannon that fires hamburgers, and we are going to shoot hamburgers at stuff. So go follow Great Boys TV. Yes, see that was that right there was three followers. That was yes, that was easily three followers. All right, man, Jerry, it has been so nice talking to you again, dude. It's been great it has talking been to you. Too long. Let's do this again soon. Absolutely. Anytime, any bat time, any bat place. Let's go, buddy. Appreciate you. Love you, man. Stay with me. I'll Appreciate be with you in just a minute. Peace. Bye. Bye, everybody.